energizing fun. I have it as the sixth core value. Actually, if you look on the program, you'll see it's really seven. And I, what I did, I switched six and seven around because number six is gracious freedom. And I thought, oh, I'd kind of like to talk about freedom, even though it's not directly related, um, around the 4th of July. So I switched that around for uh, today and next Sunday on freedom. Next week, is, we're talking about grace and freedom. Um, but energizing fun or... or um, Fun, or or however you want. This is a this is a kind of a hard subject. It's already been mentioned, um, but then you, really it's not. I mean, yes, if you wanted to Google fun or do a search for it in, in any Bible, um, you're not going to find it very many times. In fact, there's one translation you might find it once uh, in Ecclesiastes chapter eight, but then when you read the context, there's some nuances there that you may not. Uh, You know, I decided it wasn't the best thing to use for what we're talking about here. So let's just sort out what we're going to do today. I'm going to just do a little talk here on derivatives, okay? Learned about derivatives when I first moved here. And um, I asked a guy what he did. He says, I work with derivatives. And I said, so that means you must really know the English language really well, huh? Never mind. You got. You got. You got. You got. You got to work with me here, people. You got to work with me. Okay. English derivatives of certain English words, and he was a finance guy and derivatives there. Anyway, had to be there. Um, but we are going to talk about derivatives in terms of English words, fun, joy, so forth. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to look. We're going to show you some things in the Bible that talk about joy, because the, one of the things I want you to see, the main thing I want you to see that God is the originator and the sustainer of authentic joy, which produces real fun. Now, I want to be careful with that statement, because joy produces fun, but having a heart of joy doesn't mean everything you go through will be fun. And, and I want to make sure you understand that, because there's a, there's a, big, there's a big difference in that. Um, because to say, for instance, you know, we're going to see in just a moment where the Bible says no matter what, to have a joyful heart. And that's important. But you can go through some things, some of you are right now, actually. You can go through some things in life with a joyful heart, and you may not be having fun because it's not fun, particularly if we're talking about some of the difficulties of life or, 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 or maybe a, looking at your portfolio dwindle down or looking at a job that you used to have or, or some of the real issues that some of you are dealing with today. So I want to be careful with that. Are we to have fun? Yeah, we are. But not everything's fun. And let's be honest about that. So having said that, this particular value is not really necessarily talking about um, the individual. It, it relates to the individual. But it's talking about church, church values. And, we, and we're talking about church values. Energizing fun should be a part of church. So here's what I did. How can I communicate this? How can I communicate God is the originator and the sustainer of authentic joy that produces real fun? I want to talk about as an, on an individual basis. I want to talk about the fact we all define fun in different ways. And I want to talk about fun that doesn't leave a bad taste in your mouth the next morning or the next day because that's the kind of fun we're ta- that, that God's talking about. I want to talk about all that, but I want to first take... That's, those are all applications to this. Let's take it as the value of a church. Why is that? Why is energizing fun a value on a church value statement? 
Um, and I, I strongly, whether we were to use these words or not, the concept I, I, I firmly believe in. And let me show you why. So here's what I did. To try to communicate this to you as best as I can. I've, we got a top 10 list today. All right? and we're going to kind of go through these. And, and some of them are, are, are funny. Some of them were designed to be funny. And some of you aren't going to laugh because I can already tell by looking at some of you. You're just not with me. But, but, uh, and some of them were meant to be serious. So, so let's, let's just jump into these. Um, we'll start with 10. Why should church be an energizing, fun experience, more specifically Renaissance Church? All right, number 10. Because you have to scale three flights of stairs to get there, it better be fun. <laughs> I had some help writing some of these. Um, uh, number nine, there is food, coffee, live music, and free babysitting. How can that not be fun? You know, <laughs> that's true. Uh, number eight, wearing suits and ties qualifies as a sin at Renaissance. Um, and, or we, we refer to those people who wear suits and ties the first time, usually, when they come here, we refer to those folks as recovering Baptists or Catholics, one or the other. Uh, they, 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 they have some similarities in that way. Um, you know, really, uh, something happened about a year ago, um, somewhere out about a year ago or so. A guy that I know very well comes to church here all the time. Was, I think it was the middle service, came, walked up the middle aisle. I mean, it's about this time of the message. I mean, it's really late. And it was just when I was beginning to talk about some stuff. And he walks up, and, his, and, I, and I saw him, and I'm like, I said, I stopped the message. Some of you may be here. I said, dude, what are you got a coat and tie on for? And I sort of chastised him. I can do that because he was my friend. And um, the danger of becoming my friend, I chastise you in church. <laughs> and he said, oh, you know, he gave me some wisecrack, and I kept on moving. One of the things I'm really thankful for is after the service, I said to him, we were downstairs on the sidewalk, and I said, hey, why did you really wear a coat and tie today? He said, you know what? He said, I could have really burned you. He said, the truth is, I have to go to a funeral later. And I thought, oh, gosh. If he had said that, I mean, you would have looked at me and thought, what an idiot. But anyway, <laughs> you might do that anyway. Uh, number eight, wearing suits and ties qualifies as a Senate renaissance. Number seven, another reason energizing fun. Because one year at Renaissance and you'll know the complete history of the American Revolution. <laughs> A lot of truth to that. I get into those stories quite often and use them to illustrate all the time. Number six, what other church has its fellowship hall at a restaurant, especially as great as Winberry's? It's a fellowship hall. Um, restaurant, and, and, and they now, by the way, just a side note to this. The true story just happened last week. I've, I've been on their case a number of times. You want to stop and have a beverage or a Coke or something. Um, and, and, you know, you haven't had any, like, real bar food. I love bar food. I don't have to have a drink, but I love bar food. And, uh, and so finally, they got bar food, just like last week. They showed me the bar menu. And they got like little pizzas and, and like wings. I've been asking for three years to get wings, hot wings. So I, I went in there two nights ago to meet somebody or two, and, and they said, Rich, you wouldn't believe what's happening with our hot wings. We're selling, they're selling, we just can't keep enough in stock. I said, dude, why don't you talk to me? I said, you don't need no demographic studies. Just ask Rich. I'll tell you what you're going to get and what's going to sell. So anyway, they got bar food now and they can't keep it in because everybody's buying their hot wings and little pizzas. And, and Anyway, that's just a side note. Um, but we had a fellowship hall down there, you know? Makes it fun. Uh, number five, because people are so friendly, you want whatever they got, you know? I want to catch, I want it to be contagious, man. I hope that's true. People are, are friendly, 
in here, in the confines of the opera house so many times. Um, Number four, because being entertained and engaging are not mutually exclusive. So many times people say, well, you know, church, you know, shouldn't be fun. Well, who says that? Well, it never has been. Well, so it shouldn't be. And why can't you be engaging? And why can't you be, uh, you know, entertainment? You say, well, is it about entertainment? Well, no, it's not about entertainment. But we certainly don't want you being bored. So they're not mutually exclusive. Um, Number three. This is an important one to me. Because substance is more important than style, but style is not irrelevant. And I'm getting more serious with some of these things. Because the issue is, well, you guys have a style that's a particular... Yeah, we do. But that doesn't mean there's not substance here. We try really hard to have some substance. Sometimes, if you're not careful, because of the style in which we do church, you might even miss some of the substance. Sometimes it may not be there. I, I, I will be the first to admit that. But, but, but we strive, we work hard to have some substance to what it is we sing, what we talk about, whatever we got going on. And uh, don't, let the, don't let the style get in the way of the substance in, in any place, anywhere you, you, you're doing that, which can happen so many times. Um, substance needs to be there. Number two. Okay, so God creates us and then generously gives us forgiveness, freedom, and salvation. Do you think he expects us to come to church and mourn? I like that point. You know, and sometimes you think that's what, you know, people come to church and like, oh, you know, kind of got to be sad, you know, got to get on, you know, drink some vinegar before we walk in so we don't look like we're too happy or whatever. Um, I don't think that God is honored by that. And the number one, the number one reason why um, church, Renaissance church, should be an energizing, fun experience is because the opposite of fun is a very bad alternative. Let me show you what I mean. That's going to lead me into my first point. I did a little search, a couple searches actually, on, on the opposite, an antonym of fun. Here are the words that you come up with. Boring. Dull, tedious, monotonous, dreary, dry, arid, insipid, uninteresting. So is that what church should be? Oftentimes it is. Obviously not. And at the same time, that doesn't mean that every time you come to church, you're going to just have fun. We have to deal with serious issues. We have to talk about serious problems. You know, it's not fun. We, we, need, we need to address from time to time some of the things that are going on in, in this particular culture. The fact that so many of you are dealing with, with uh, struggling jobs and struggling income to what you're used to. I understand that's different than, than many places in our country. But it's not fun to, to, it's not fun to deal with it. But if we're going to be honest, we need to deal with it and see what, see what the Bible teaches and, and what God says about that. So, so that's not always fun, but it's very important. And it certainly isn't boring. Doesn't mean that, it doesn't mean that we need to be gimmicky. It doesn't mean that we just need to be all about fluff. Uh, what it means is that we, you know, certainly we want to be committed to not being boring because we're dealing, listen, we're dealing with the greatest, we're, we're dealing with the greatest message of all humankind. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The fact that Jesus came and lived and suffered and died and rose again and, and, and offers us the, the, the gospel, which is the good news. It means good news. The good news that Christ loves me. I mean, I get pretty excited about that. That can be kind of fun to talk about. You know, and this is the most important thing 
This is, this is one of the most important things. I'll come back to that statement in a second. This is one of the most important things that you do in a week. Is what happens right here. It's one of the most important things. And yeah, and we're here, and we're here to help you um, explore what it means to be a follower of Christ and, and how, much, how much God loves you. We're here to help you explore that. We're here to help you to engage in thought and in dialogue and growth and, and, and eventually to help you be able to express your faith and, and, and who, who you are and who Christ is to you. We, we want, we, we're, all those things are very important to us. It's getting you to think about and to, and to initiate and to grow in an understanding of who Christ is and what He wants to do in your life. So, so other, than, other than personal prayer and Bible study, this is one of the most important things you do because of, what we, of the message that we have. Not because of how we do it, but because of the message that we have here. Last week, if you were here last week, I, I sort of gave a, a, an appeal, not sort of, a challenge. It was directly a challenge. You can go to, to the blog on our website and still see, see about that. For you to read through the Bible in a year. And I recommended some read through the Bible in a year Bibles. And I have the, the link on, on the website. Uh, side note to this was um, two people, they were both in the last service. Uh, they went to um, Barnes & Noble, Livingston. And... Um, they didn't know each other. They, they know each other now, but they didn't know. And, 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 and she was there looking at read-through-the-year Bibles. And there was like one, maybe two, and she had one in her hand looking at it and trying to figure out which one I had been talking about. And then um, the, the guy, a guy was there, and he was watching her. He was looking for the same thing. Didn't know who she was. And so she puts it back and, and, and then picks up another one. And he said, are you going to buy that? And she said, um, I'm not sure, I probably. And then she had both of them in her hand. He said, are you going to buy both of them? <laughs> you know, or he said, kind of sarcastic, you're going to buy both of them. And she said, mm, probably not. Why are you asking? He said, well, I'm looking for one too. And so there were a few, few you know, um, uneasy moments. And then finally he said, I don't know why he said it like this, but he did. Did Rich Teeters send you here? And she said, yeah, he did. So they talked, and they were actually they were talking after the last service. But, but it was what almost became an uncomfortable moment. They, they were, uh, became a little more where they became friends and so forth. But anyway, um, that, was, that was my challenge last week. Get a Bible where you can read through the Bible in a year. I, I, if you weren't here, I gave a money-back guarantee on that. If you don't do it, um, um, I'll refi- if, if, if you do it and you don't find some, something happening in your life within 90 days, I'll give you your money back. And somebody told me after one of the services this morning, they said, why didn't I buy the expensive one? Just in case I don't like it, I can, you know, get the $30 leather bound one that I can say, hey, you know. Anyway, um, that's very important for your personal edification, okay? So I'm not minimizing that. Now, I, I tell you that story to emphasize that again. But listen, what you do here corporately is one of the most important things you do every week or however often you can get here. And I realize some of you are about ready to take off or some are vacay and so forth. And, and, and all, that, all that taken into consideration, of course. So let's talk about fun. I'm going to take you to the Bible. We're going to do a derivative of, uh, of fun, or actually something that fun derives from, to be more precise. Keeping in mind, God is the originator and the sustainer of authentic joy, which produces fun. I want to take you to, we're going to start in some of Jesus, with some of Jesus' words in John chapter 15. I'm just going to read through these verses very quickly because I want you to see, talking about joy, 
And, and, and this, 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 this thing that we're calling fun is a derivative of this, this joy, oftentimes. John chapter 15, the words of Jesus. I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. You think he's talking about having any fun there? Your joy will overflow, but you won't have any fun. And that's what he's saying? Of course not. Will, will that result sometimes in fun? Absolutely it will. What kind of fun are you talking about? Maybe we're sitting around talking about what, what God's doing in my life. Maybe we're talking about some, some fun stuff that's, that's happening. Or maybe, some, maybe we can even laugh at some of the not-so-fun stuff, but be able to at least keep it in perspective. It's an important issue to discuss. Look at this one, Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 46. They worshiped together at the temple. That's where they had church. Each day, this is after the church began, they met in homes for the Lord's Supper communion, and they shared their meals with great joy and generosity, all the while praising God and enjoying the goodwill of all the people. And each day, the Lord added to their fellowship those who were coming to Christ. Right? Now, now the, the point here is, you think they're having some good time, enjoying the goodwill of all the people, enjoying being together with folks. You know, if you look up any definition of fun, a couple words are going to pop up, at least in my experience, joy, enjoyment, or enjoy. You know, so that's part of it. And he's saying, this is, this is kind of fun, hanging with people who are, who are like-minded, at least in this one area. And we can talk about similar things and have some fun doing that. You know, I mean, one of the things that, that, that gets me is, I'm a golfer. Well, that may be an overstatement. I play golf. Um, and you know, you can, you can go to any, any golf shop or golf club and then you can put, put fill in the blank, tennis, whatever you do. Um, and you can talk to a perfect stranger. It's perfectly acceptable. Well, I'm looking at this three iron. I'm looking at this, especially if I'm looking at this five wood or, or, or whatever it happens to be. And, and, and there's an engagement that goes on there and, and because you have something in common and it's kind of fun and it's kind of cool. And, you know, you end up, you know, you're, you're, listen, if we can do that around golf or tennis or, or, or what, why can't we do that around Christ, for goodness sakes? You see, in a place that we call church and have some fun with that. That's the point here. It's a huge issue, just a huge issue. Uh, Romans chapter 4, oh, oh, watch this. Oh, what joy for those whose disobedience is forgiven, whose sins are put out of sight. Yes, what joy for those whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. You ever, ever been working on a document, Microsoft Word document, maybe on a computer? And you're typing some stuff in, you're putting a bunch of stuff in, and, and so forth. And then all of a sudden, um, you hit a wrong button, and everything goes. Am I the only one that's ever happened to? Um, well, let me tell you a good positive spin on that. It's exactly what happened to you the moment you said, I want to trust you, Jesus. I want to trust you with my life. I, I believe you came and lived and suffered and died and rose again. I believe you did that for me. The moment you do that, boom, choom, all that pages and pages and pages of sins that you've ever committed or ever thought, boom, wiped away forever. Unlike the computer, sometimes we can go back and find that document. You'll never find that one again because God did away with it. I love that verse. That's kind of fun talking about that. That's just really, that's energizing when you talk about that and think about that. Love that part. So there you go. Whose record the Lord has cleared of sin. Uh, Romans 14, keep reading in Romans. The kingdom of God is not a matter of what we eat or drink, but of living a life of goodness and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. 
joy. There it is again. Uh, Keep reading in Romans chapter 15. I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you completely with joy and peace because you trust in Him. Then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. Got some joy about this thing, man. Got some joy. Um, 2 Corinthians. This is what I wrote to you as I did so that when I do come, I won't, this, I won't be grieved by the very ones who ought to give me the greatest joy. Surely you all know, watch this, that my joy comes from your being joyful. Listen, I like you guys having a little fun. This is the Apostle Paul, the mentor, talking to these people who, who he, he has been used in their life really to bring them to Christ, to bring them to faith in Christ. And he says, I like to see you guys having a little joy, having a little fun together. I like that. It's very biblical. Very, very, um, we don't often think of it that way, but it is. My joy comes from your being joyful. Another passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Now, in this passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, um, he's talking to people who are, who are pretty poor. Pretty poor, poverty-wise. And I, and I offer you this verse to show you the contrast of what I'm talking about. I want to make sure you understand that, that while God is the author and the sustainer of joy and that fun is a derivative of that joy, well, I want you to see that we can still have joy and not be necessarily, quote-unquote, having fun at that very moment. Let me show you what I mean. This verse shows you that really, really well. Chapter, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 8, they are, being, they are being tested, these people, by many troubles, and they're very poor. But they're also filled with abundant joy which has overflowed in rich generosity. They're very, he says, so the point here is they still have joy in their, in their poverty. Are they having fun? Probably not. I've been there a few times. Maybe you have too. Where you really were wanting, really needed, needy. Maybe it was finances. Maybe it was something else. You can have joy during those times and may not be having, it may not be fun that you want to go through it again. That's the point here. You know, and I want to make sure you understand the difference. Are we to have fun? Yeah, is everything we do going to be fun? Not always, not always, but we can still have joy that's there because of God, the Holy Spirit living in us. Uh, Philippians chapter 1, verse 25, knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can, he, he was on his, we, they thought on his deathbed at one point, I, I, will, I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow, watch, grow and experience the joy of your faith. I'm going, I'm going to hang around because I want to see you grow. I want, to, I want to see you have a little joy in your life. Some fun because of your faith. The kind of fun that's good, healthy fun. It's not going to leave a, a bad taste in your mouth the next day. Philippians 2 puts it this way. And uh, he says this, Yes, you should rejoice and I will share your I share in your joy. I share in your enjoyment. Important issue. Um, Colossians chapter 1, we, last verse here. We also pray that you will be strengthened with all his glorious power so that you will have all the endurance and patience that you na- need. May you, may you be filled with joy. It's an important point, folks. Joy is a huge issue. It doesn't get talked about enough. It doesn't get practiced enough. We talk about believers and followers of Christ and especially when we talk about church. And, I mean, the whole term, you know, and it was originated by some of our folks. I didn't write it, but I like it. The whole term of energizing fun 
whether or not you want to get hung up on those words, whether or not you have a, a value in a church that says that, or whether it's just the concept that is included, that's the issue. And we often don't do that. Um, it's, not, it's not to be boring. It's not to be dull. This is the greatest message in history. Message of Christ's love for me and for you and the forgiveness that comes with it. Why can't we have some joy about that and some fun in talking and thinking about that? It's phenomenal stuff. One little side note. One of the other things that is very important about fun and joy, I'll put it that way, is if we take ourselves too seriously, we're in effect breaking the first commandment. First commandment, thou shalt have no other gods before me. I'm the Lord thy God, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You say, well, how's that breaking the first commandment? Because that, that, those gods before God, small g, those gods, one of them might be me. Oftentimes it's me. So one of the things that fun helps us to do is to recognize, don't take yourself so seriously, people. But you do need to take God seriously because that's the most important message in life that you will hear and that you will accept or or maybe, hopefully not, but but maybe reject. That's the other issue here that's so important is that um, fun helps us keeping... From keep, it helps us from taking ourselves too seriously. Important issue. I want to I show you one last verse. Uh, it's a verse that has been defining to me um, in my life, and as, first as a young believer, and then as a believer that may not be quite so young, but is growing still in his faith. Um, and it comes from, from the Gospel of John. It's um, the words of Jesus. I've read it often. I've quoted it more, more than not. I'm going to read it to you, though, from a, uh, the message paraphrase. I haven't often um, read it or quoted it from, from the uh, message paraphrase. But it just sort of sums up everything we've been talking about here. It's one of the great, one of the great quotes of our Lord uh, of all time, in my view. And the way it's translated in the message is like this. This is Jesus talking. I came so that they can, they being me and you. I came so they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. One of the important aspects of the gospel, the gospel, Jesus came, lived, suffered, died, rose again. That's the gospel. And, 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 I, and I become a follower of Christ when I trust in that truth. Even, even if it's just a little, even if I only have a little bit of faith, when I put whatever faith I have in, in, in the fact, I believe, in, I believe in what you've done, Jesus. And one of the important aspects is, does that give me eternal life, life in heaven? Yes, it does. But when you read that John 10.10 10 passage, he also talks about more, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. So he also talks about life here and now. And one of the things that gets, I, I, I hopefully not here, but I, I fear it gets you know, missed oftentimes when, the pre, when people, ministers, whomever are presenting the gospel, is that this is really valuable stuff and it affects our quality of life. And the quality of life has to do with Jesus didn't come to keep you from having fun. Jesus came 
to show us certainly eternal life, but also to show us, hey, I'll show you a fun, if you want to call it that, or a joy that is far greater than anything. It's not temporary. It doesn't just last for a night or for a day or two or three. It lasts for your whole life as you continue to trust Christ. And he calls it a life, you know, more and better life than they ever dreamed of. That's one aspect of the gospel that doesn't get communicated enough, in my view. We talk about heaven, and that's important. And I believe in heaven. And I'm, I believe I'm going to be there, not because I deserve it, but because I've trusted Christ. I don't deserve it. Never will. But, but I, because I've trusted Christ, who made the sacrifice for my sins, as we mentioned. But it's not just that. It's about the life that we now have because of our a relationship with our Creator, made possible by Jesus Christ. That's, that's called a relationship with God. And that's what we're about. That's what the Bible teaches. It's a central message. You know, that's the thing about this, and this is an important issue. The central message, you know, people always talk about Christians, you know, well, they talk about who's going to go to hell and who's not going to go to hell and all this. Let me tell you something. First of all, it's none of your business who's going to hell, okay? Secondly, the message of Christ was more about life. I'm not saying hell doesn't exist. I believe it does. But the message of Christ was more about life. And it wasn't just life in heaven. It was about that. But it was also about life here and now. And that's, that's why the gospel is, that's what the word means, good news. That's good news that we can have that and that it affects how we live now. The, the, the joy that can come because of a relationship with our Creator. The joy that is there in good times and bad that sometimes has the derivative in this thing that we call fun. That's the great news. That's the great story. And we can thank God for that now and, and in the days and years to come. Let me pray for us, for us all. Lord God, um, this, is, this is an important message. It's, I mean, and, and the, reason, the reason it's so important is the very reason we've been talking about how we don't, this isn't covered enough by us. We know it's important to you. And I pray, God, that each one of us would stop and, and, and think and that each one of us would, would pray, maybe discuss some of these things with, with others, certainly pray about it as well, how it works in our lives. Pray we'd all have an understanding of what it means to have, a, have the joy that is in our life in spite of the circumstances going on around us. And then also the, those, those times that happen that we can call fun because of that joy that is in us. We thank you for that. We thank you for... Uh, the death, the burial, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we thank you that, for that in Jesus' name. Amen.